Hey everyone, welcome to The Front Porch. I'm Brian Beaudry. Uh, this month I'm going to talk to Joan McKinley out of our UK office. Uh, she was recently part of the Plant and Hire Aid Alliance's trip to Ukraine. Basically, the Plant and Hire Aid Alliance sent over, they've been working to help uh, Ukrainian refugees uh, from, from their war with Russia. Yeah, they've basically been helping them pick up the pieces from what's kind of happened to their country over the past year or so. Anyway, Joan went with the Plant and Hire Aid Alliance to Slovakia, where there's a, a refugee camp, and brought materials and supplies there. Uh, and she's going to talk about her experience. If you want to help the Plant and Hire Aid Alliance, uh, you can visit aid-alliance.com. They're having a rapathon on 26th and 27th November, where they will be wrapping like 20,000 presents that have been provided. If you'd like to provide presents, you still can do that as well. Um, and the shipment is going to be loaded out and headed to, I believe, Slovakia as well on 12 December. So, so that's a pretty cool thing you can get involved in. Uh, otherwise, we had a lovely conversation about how she got into the hire industry and how she joined Point of Rental. Enjoy. Welcome to The Front Porch with Brian Beaudry. I'd like to welcome today's guest, our customer success manager team lead in our UK office, Joan McKinley. Uh, Joan, welcome to the front porch. Uh, thank you. Okay, so let's start with the basics. Who are you, where are you from, and what would the title of your autobiography be? Okay, so uh, my name's Joan McKinley. Um, I am from the UK. Uh, and I've decided whilst thinking about this, my autobiography should be one of my catchphrases, and my catchphrase is absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I haven't I haven't met anyone with with catchphrases. How many catchphrases do you have? Um the other one isn't what we could possibly <laughs> mention, but we'll go with absolutely not because that's far more polite. Oh, okay, the, we'll go with the polite title. Okay, you also mentioned that you're from the UK. I feel like yes, I I'm, I'm from America, but I feel like you could be a little okay. more specific. <laughs> so, um I was a, I was born in Harefield. Um, which is a very, very small, um, it's not even a town, a village. <laughs> That's okay. what you, um, when I was 16, I moved to London and spent most of my adulthood in London. Um, That's where I class myself as coming from. And that's my favorite place in the whole world. Well, at the moment it is. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of just having a, a pl favorite place in the whole world, but only for the moment, just because yes. you know, there could always be a new place. Exactly. There could be. There could be. All right. So let's let's go back into history. Let's say, what did you want to be when you were a kid, say ages eight to 10, or whenever you first remember having an answer for the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? So I wanted to be a dancer. So I wanted to be on the West End stage as a dancer for one of the musicals there. That, that. And then the ultimate was to be on Broadway. Wow, that would. How how close did you get to to getting there? And what did you end up doing out of school instead? Um, so I didn't get any close. To, <laughs> though, though I did actually. The closest I got was I took dancing lessons. Okay. Um, when when I was between eight and ten, um, so that was the closest I got. But I ended up um, my first job was working for a bank. Um, 
so I went for a day to, to, to the bank to see like a careers day that we had then. And I came back and I said to my dad, oh, I quite like the bank. And he said, that's a job for life. You need to take that. And that's how I, I ended up working for a bank. Okay. Well, your your dancing career sounds like it lasted about as long as my uh, baseball and, and football career. <laughs> like take yeah. a little couple classes, realize this isn't going to work. Um, so what what'd you like about banking? or be working for the bank? What did I like? It was, yeah. so my first, um, my first week when I started to the bank is we were put downstairs in the basement and we had ledgers. So that just shows you how old I am. We had ledgers and we had to sort through and there was 10 of us that um, started and there was two of us at the end of the week that were left because nobody else liked filing mm -hmm. and I think for me it was not that it's the customer aspect of it you get to meet people and you know I was on the, the cashiers um, so you just different walks of life it's just people I'm a people person okay well that explains some things we're going to talk about later yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right um, so I know that you started out with, or that you were with Higher Concept. Was there anything between banking and Higher Concept? No, so I didn't. I joined when it was Point of Rental. Oh, so, you did? Yeah, so Point of Rental um, is where I first came in here. But I classed myself as the first of the new people. So it was all Higher Concept before I joined. And then I was first, the first of the newies, if you like, that, that, that came in um, to be Point of Rental. Awesome. So... What were you doing between your first job banking and and point of rental then? Oh, gosh. So I had four, four children. So that took up a little bit of time. I, I can feel uh, that. <laughs> and then when I came back in, and they were older and I could come back into full-time work, um, I went to work for an oil and petroleum company. Um, so it was sending the geologist um, off to once they had done their investigations off to find oil basically in African countries so I did all the paperwork or everything that, that went with that um, and it was yeah I really liked that aspect of it so that's where I came from before I came to Point of Rental so they actually moved um, from Henley which isn't far from where we are up to Leeds um, I could have gone with them then but I didn't want to really relocate um and saw this job advertised and just went for it nice and that's so how i come here what what leads was just too far from from where you wanted to be yes it is okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so what what appealed to you about the the point of rental position i guess Customers, 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 customers. <laughs> I can't say uh, any anymore. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I love. Uh, that's my passion. Um, I get accused of being too passionate sometimes, but that's just the way I am. Um, and I do. All right. Well, I'm glad we have you in customer success. It would have been really uncomfortable to have you in some of the positions where we don't deal with customers. Yeah. <laughs> Did you start off as the customer success manager? No. What would you start off as here? So I started as a sales admin um, person um, and then I did that for about a year. Then I was an inside sales manager and I did that for a little while. And then from there, I went to an account manager 
And then from an account manager, I'm now a customer success manager. How do you keep finding yourself in these in these new positions? Is this something that you're like pursuing each time or no. is it something that the, <laughs> the company needs and they're like, Joan, you would be really good at this? Um, I'd like to think of it as that. So let's go with that, that, that they think, oh, we have this position and Joan would be the right person. So I'm going with that one. Okay. When I went in to find your job title for the intro, this is the first time I've seen something there that really seems to have a defined role. So what do you do as the customer success manager team lead over in the UK? So what do I do? So my main focus is having a relationship with our customers to um, make sure that they know that there's someone there for them all the time. I'm very passionate about um, if I go to a store and I'll purchase some insurance or or, or whatever you just purchase or or something and then you're left and you never hear from them again until um i really don't like that um my opinion is we all have a choice in the world i'll use my mum's favorite um scenario which is when i was younger uh, we used to have a milkman called Dave and Dave used to come and he also used to deliver the milk and then take the insurance. And I used to say to my mum, but why do you use Dave? And she goes, oh, yeah, because he comes every week and it's just reliable. But they never shopped around. They never looked at anything else. Now, I think, especially in this day and age, we have a choice. And if we don't give that customer that service, they will just go somewhere else. Um, And that's what I don't want any of our customers ever to feel that they would need to go somewhere else. So um, that's really what I do. Um, I help. I have a new uh, gentleman that's just joined us to make us a bit more of a team. Um, I help him. go through that and to deliver exactly the same kind of service that I think that they our customers deserve. Yeah. Um, I was wondering how many how many people do you have? I'm, I'm sure that you can't personally, I know there's a lot of customers, <laughs> so it must be really <laughs> difficult to, you know, get that personal relationship with each of them, like on, on your own. Um, but you- I did, I did, I did have, um, I've only started having help for the last two months. So for eight months, I did it on my own. Um, yes, yeah. is it personal? No, because I physically cannot do that. But but you're there at the end of that. You're that point of contact when, you know, you'll you'll have lots of new people that will come in and out, and they don't know uh, a point of contact. And sometimes that's all they need is that point of you know a person that they can contact to just um, push them into the right direction. So so yeah, so I did. For sure. And often you're even a point of contact for those of us uh, over here in America who are like, hmm, I need to talk to someone. Joan, Joan's usually there. <laughs> okay, uh, you've already kind of mentioned this, and I'm going to assume I know the answer, but that doesn't make for a very interesting um, discussion. So what is your favorite part of your job? Customers. Customers, customers, customers. I like visits. <laughs> That's another thing. I like visiting them uh, as well. That's a whole different um, element to having that relationship as, uh, as well. That takes the relationship from a Zoom meeting up to another level. Um, and I'm extremely lucky that lots of our customers that, that we're like, um, not friends, I don't know whether whether you, you let, let's say that's how I like to think of them. Um, yeah. But that's how, you know, I, I like to think we are now. So 
what what do you get and what I guess do customers get especially out of being able to do those visits and being able to be on site with them? I suppose. Let's think. So th- they have that relationship with you to, to, to start with. They have that person that if they have an issue that that they know where to come to come to. Um, do I give advice? No, because I'm not technical at all. <laughs> but I do understand what they're trying to achieve. Um, and especially now, everybody needs to, or wants to achieve more reporting. They want more from the system. They want to go paperless um, it, and things like that. So I'll just take all the challenges that they are having and then push it out to the right people within the in 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 here um, that will then um help them um make their business grow um i'm just like the glue that holds everything together um and and everybody will come together help them and and you know at the end of the day if we can help them grow we will grow as well so you you know it's good i think yeah i mean a lot of a lot of this business is about connecting like obviously i don't have the the technical knowledge either, but it's like, yeah, if I'm talking to someone, it's like, I can help relate like what they need yeah. to, to the technical people. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I hear that you guys are moving soon. So are you ready for the upcoming office move? So here comes my, here comes my auto, but absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are getting there. Um, and it, it is becoming to, to it is come becoming to come together. So it, it's just been a little bit of a slower process than than anybody would have wanted. I do believe we're moving at the beginning of December, so that will be quite nice. Things are sort of shaping up within the office now. Things are getting bagged up into boxes, put away. We're all going through our, our items. So so yeah. Okay. Have you seen the new office? Yes, I have. It's lovely. It's uh, a bigger space, um, far more light that that comes into the office. So that is fantastic. So you're a light, you're a light person. I generally like having my area dark, but all right. Oh, do you know light, yeah. light, light? Uh, um, so this time of year, uh, I do not like um, because it gets dark. So I go to work and come home in uh, in the dark. Um, so it's light and we have uh, customer success now. The two of us, we have, a, have our own area, um, which is lovely. So we're a little bit away from everybody else, which helps with those difficult conversations. And, you know, that the, the whole office can't hear as well. So, yeah, I'm very excited. And, you know, not that you would know, and I'm quite loud. So <laughs> everybody can hear when I'm having a moment. So, so yeah, it, it's lovely. It will be really, really nice when it's all done. Good. I, I'm glad you guys have a space to your own. That's that's nice. Is is that what you're most excited about, or what are you most excited about with with the oh, having a space, have own little space we can make our own? Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Good. I want to play a little game with you, Joan or Known. Okay. Uh, if okay. you agree with the statement or it's true, say Joan. If you disagree with it or if it's not true, say Known, and then I'll need a reason either way. Uh, so, okay. Joan or Known. Uh, if England is to be known for one food worldwide, it should be fish and chips. Joan. Absolutely. Okay. Good. That is my favorite um, of, of English foods. <laughs> okay. Joan or Known. This is England's year to win the Men's World Cup. Known. <laughs> We've been having that year since 1966, and it's never happened. And it, no, absolutely not. <laughs>
Like, I was going to say, you sound you sound like a person who's been through too many disappointments. And uh, yes, just... I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joan or known? Talking to inanimate objects is normal. Oh, Joan. I do it all the time. Is there a particular object you talk to the most around your desk? Um, yes, my computer. Normally, that 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 gets the the full brunt uh, <laughs> of everything, and it never answers me back, so it's perfect. I was going to say, I feel like a computer never gets like positive reinforcement. It's always <laughs> frustration. Yeah, absolutely. Joan or known, you have a nickname that a friend's given you that you don't particularly like, but you don't say anything because the you like the friend enough that it's okay coming from them. Known. No. I wouldn't do that. No, I tell them. <laughs> you're, you're not, <laughs> not what, What's a nickname that you're just like, no, we're not doing um, this? So when I was at school, because I'm Scottish, or I'm not, my, my dad is Scottish, they used to call me Jock. <laughs> Jock is a nickname for really a male Scottish person. Mm. And I did not to like that at all. <laughs> Everybody knew. They still called me, but I did tell them. <laughs> yeah, I can see that one not being like, yeah, that's okay. There you go. Okay, Joan or known? Cats make better pets than dogs. Oh, known. Dogs. Dog, dog, dogs. Okay, um, so you're a dog, a dog person. Yeah. I do, and he's wonderful. Are you anti-cat or do you just have, are you just no, more of a dog person? I'm anti-cats. I do not like them. <laughs> mm, interesting. Andrew, who's from the UK and is over here, he's also anti-cat. So I'm wondering if there's like a, maybe English cats are meaner or something. They're just, Yes. Want to help us change the world? Point the Way is Point of Rental's employee-led community giving program. We provide volunteer opportunities as a team to help improve our communities throughout the world. If you're a pointer, you can find out more about how we're helping this quarter, suggest ideas for the future, and connect with us on our internal Point the Way workplace page. If you're not, you can still see what we're doing by following us on social media. We're in the business of making better lives. Before we get into what you're like in general away from the office, you recently went on a pretty big trip. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what happened last month with the Plant and Hire Aid Alliance? Oh, gosh, yes. So um, this all started from marketing. Um, so Sarah, our marketing manager here in the UK, she had a leaflet that came through from the plant and hire aid alliance saying that they wanted to um, send some boxes to um, Ukraine and would we like to take part um, so I contacted Jeremy uh, Fish who was the um, organizer uh, of the whole event and said to him that we would like to get involved and it just went from there really um i was originally going so there were 15 uh, vans that left the uk to take the trip to uh Kasice in slovakia to deliver the aid um but Jeremy, he unfortunately had an accident in August and broke his leg. So he was unable to travel with the convoy. So um, I asked if I could go with him because then that enabled him to go as well. So that's how we went. So I flew out with him to Kosije and then we waited for the, well, the original plan was we was going to wait for the convoy and then help unload to the other vans to take the aid to Ukraine. Okay, so how 
this seems like a thing where it's like, did you just automatically volunteer or was this like a, this seems like a Joan thing or how did this, how did you get involved to, to start here? <laughs> I don't really know. Um, I don't really know. I just said to him that it would be something that um, we at Point of Rental would, would, would like to get involved in. Um, he said, absolutely, that this is, and, and sent me the list of the items that they needed or, or were in need of. Um, and then I asked globally if, if everybody would then like to participate. Um, to which everybody did. Um, it was just awesome, absolutely awesome. Everybody sent donations into the UK. Um, we started off thinking we we had 25 boxes, but we ended up with 50 boxes of aid that, that we sent to. So Ipswich was the main um, depot to send all the, the boxes to and where the vans were then um, filled to, to, to take across. Um, I don't know. That's just how it really did did sort of start. Um, and then I just said, you know, I said to Jeremy, can I be part of the convoy? Because just, I just thought it would be awesome and an experience that I would never have again. Um, yeah. And he said, yes. And if he hadn't have broken his ankle, that's the way I would have gone. However, he did. But in hindsight, um, I was able to see something that I never thought in my lifetime I, I would have the privilege to see. Okay, so, uh, w well, what did you see, I guess? Yeah, so um, Andre, um, he is the gentleman in Slovakia that um, organizes all the aid that comes in to there to be distributed out through to Ukraine. Um, he was able to arrange um, for myself, Jeremy and him to go to a refugee camp um, and meet some of the refugees that were there to see the process that they have when they come over the border and what they go through. We were able to speak to some of the refugees as well. We had an interpreter with us um, and it was, I, I just spent the whole day crying. Um, I was useless um, to have empathy and to be humbled by what they went through or are going through is just uh, uh yeah yeah i was gonna say how, how do you even deal with that like i'm definitely uncomfortable around people that that like need help like obviously i i want to help but it's very uncomfortable hearing their stories how yeah. did you how did you go into um, that if i could have brought every person or every child with me on the plane home i think that would have been one of the things you, you don't really um whilst you have empathy you you're not in the situation that they're in so that, that's the only way that, that you can um, appreciate what they're going through I think for me it was when we would say this is what we're doing and bringing aid their faces of gratitude and thanks was the one thing that you take away with you that that, that you do make a difference you it makes a massive difference to these people that have come across with absolutely nothing um I'll tell you one one story. There was I was very privileged to speak to Andre's Andre's daughter, and she was um, she had come into the refuge. She had come over, 
and there was a lady that had brought in a little girl with her and she was I was talking to the lady and 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 speaking to her and I said to her about the little girl I said how long have have you been at the camp for she said oh we've only just arrived but this isn't my daughter um somebody had taken her to the Ukraine border because both her parents had been bombed and had died so she didn't have anything else and this lady had actually adopted her at the border and brought her over uh, uh, so you you know that's a bit I'm gonna get um, emotional that's just uh, it, it's awful it, 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 to, to think that that's what um, these people are facing with um, for sure yeah Sorry. <clears throat> no, no problem. I mean, I, I <laughs> <understand>. <laughs> right. Um, sort yourself out. So, what was it like seeing some of the? Let's get to less uh, heartstringy things and more logistics. <laughs> logistics yeah. is what people want to hear about. Okay. Um, what was the most interesting part about like seeing the logistics of uh, that entire convoy? And did you play any part with with Jeremy or whatever in? organizing all that or how did that all come about no he he organized everything he did all the logistics from um his end in, in getting everybody over it was um, i mean and some of our customers were involved in that convoy as well and that was good because you have that you know they don't just see they did we they didn't just see us then as a supplier they saw us as the same as them um trying to do exactly the same aid as what they were doing um when you talk about um statistics if you where the refugee camp is based um they have two trains and between five and seven buses that will come in every day bringing refugees across now at the beginning there used to be two to four thousand there's now two to four hundred refugees a day um the way that it is organized is phenomenal um, they come in, there's four desks that will, um, each desk um, does a different role. So you'll have one for transportation, one for accommodation, one for food, and there's um, another table for a lawyer and a psychologist if, if they need it. They can then go to the next room where there's a canteen and everybody gets one hot meal per day. So at least they, they have something. They're then taken to, um, to to a container that will have anything from 10 to 15 beds um, and they're given somewhere to, to, to stay and then they try and find them somewhere else to go. Now, some of them wish to stay in Slovakia. They estimate over if you take 400 people that come in in the day there will be 65 of those that will stay in Slovakia the rest then will will move out to to, to Europe or, or wherever they want to go but they do help them on route to, to wherever they want to go um, and help them sort of move through um, they don't like to keep them there any more than one or two nights just because of the movement that, that they have coming in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I imagine after like being there for, for a little while, you sort of feel like some compulsion to, to stay there for a little while. What, what was it like um, yeah, so coming, it, coming back? 
Um, it was really funny because Andre did ask me if I wanted to, to, to stay um, and sort of help because they have all nationalities um, coming in. Um, so they speak very good Ukrainian, Slovakian, um, and some other European. There's not many English people that that, that they have speaking there. Um, and I could have actually stayed. I could have stayed. You, you just feel this need to, or that you're not on a mission. That isn't probably that, but you feel the need to to do something to help. Um, so to come back, it. I want to. Um, let everybody know um, what I saw, what these people are, are going through. Um, and I think before I went, my idea was it was just um, they didn't have anywhere to stay or they didn't know what to do. It's far deeper than that. It's they've lost their identities. They've lost their homes. They've, you know, you've got women and children there that have no idea where their husbands are. Um, and they had a good life when they were in Ukraine and they have absolutely nothing now. Um, they don't know what the future faces. And I think that was the shock for me because I didn't really think of that part of it um, until I sp you speak to lots of people and that they all say the same. Um, and they really don't want anything for nothing. They just need help. So, uh, yeah, I could have definitely stayed. Is, is there an opportunity for people that are interested to like volunteer still and, and go over there? Do you have any um, any links that I should throw into the description or something? Yeah, so anybody can can contact Andre. Um, we'll share the links with anybody that, that wants to go over there, volunteer, help, or, or, or do, do, do whatever. Um, he will... Be, um, welcome you with open arms absolutely um so if anybody does yes please okay and i also heard that there was a well you mentioned in a in a workplace chat thing that we had about some type of uh, gift wrapping yes extravaganza going on this <laughs> this month so, so the idea was when we came back from uh, our visit that we um or the plant and hire aid alliance would try and get um, 12,000 presents for the children in Ukraine to have some kind of, of present at, at Christmas. Um, I had notification the other day that one company has donated seven thousand um we had a picture of what nine thousand looks like and with all the other donations that seem to be coming in it will be more twenty thousand presents um that we will have however these all have to be wrapped mm. so um what um i'm definitely going down for the weekend um so it will take i think 150 people to do something like five hours of wrapping to get anywhere near um where they need to be as the Arctic lorry leaves on the 12th of December to go back over to you to, 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 um, to, to deliver them to Ukraine. So yes, yeah, so that's what we're doing. We have presents in here. So, so that's starting um, as well that we can take down there. So it's quite exciting to think that people are just don donating presents, you, you know, yeah. it's phenomenal for these children. Yeah, and also, you know, if you're really good at rapping, then you can you can join Joan in in rapping at a soon to soon to come weekend. Yeah. 
Is there anything else that uh, anyone listening to this needs to know about the basically the work that you have been doing with uh, Plant and Hire Aid Alliance or Ukrainian refugees in general? Um, oh gosh, I think that there will be a another um, trip over uh, uh, as we did this one in. They're looking at spring in March um, to to do that. If anybody anybody would like to help, um, uh, you know, I would encourage anybody to do that. Um, it, it the 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 feeling you get to, to to even make one small difference. Um, I'm going to say when I um have been watching programs um and there's aid and we have over here comic relief and no you, you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and you'll get celebrities and they'll come and they'll say to you um just one 10 pounds can make such a big difference and you know and i'll be absolutely honest i've sat at home thinking yeah 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 i've got you know it, but, but by going and seeing what i saw and listening it so so does you, you, you know um we've given boxes here at, in the uk and from the US, our global team boxes of wipes which you think it's a wipe but they don't have any so when you've got young children or babies that makes a massive massive difference so when anybody hears or sees anything that's going out, the you know, please if you can get involved, that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. So is this the furthest you've gone, not necessarily literally, in helping others in a way that's kind of associated with work? Yes. Yeah, we do a lot here or in the in the UK um, with uh, ready food. So that's for people that ha are having challenges and we give them food parcels. So so we, we've done that. We go to local schools um, and we've been helping those um, because some of the children there have not, especially when COVID hit over here, um, their role models weren't exactly the best. So um, it was, they love anything to do with their hands. So we would send people here to help them do gardening and cooking. Um, so that was really good. We had lots of uh, senior um, people or old age pensioners that were on their own during COVID so we used to call them once a week once a fortnight and have a chat with them then just so that they weren't lonely and had somebody so there was quite a few of us within the office that used to do that um as well I was gonna say I, I can see you calling people and yeah. you know, having a good conversation <laughs> with them yeah so what used to be half an hour I think normally used to last me about an hour once I start I start talking so so we do we have done you, you know the UK office is not the only office globally um, point of rental is very much for giving back into the community um, and that's the one thing I really love um, about where I work it, it, it's also giving back and I really like that good okay Joan we've talked a lot about how you like helping people and and chatting with people when you're not helping customers or your fellow pointers or doing all this charity work do you have time for other things what do you do in your free time Oh gosh, yes. So, 
<laughs> party. That's what I like to do. Um, I like to go out and socialise um, with my friends. Um, London is my favourite uh, place to go. Um, there's lots of different places um, that have brunches and shows and I do like a bit of show um, for anybody that doesn't know I because of my dancing I love Strictly so anything to do with Strictly come dancing I think you have is stars in their eyes I think is in the US it's the same kind of thing it's a, a dancing program so anything to do with that I really like um, I go on holidays I like holidays as well when I when I get the opportunity so yeah I, I do <laughs> okay I was also told that you're into theater, specifically musical theater, which I guess would make sense with the dancing. Um, what got you into that? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I think it was when, so when I was at school, I um, had a part in a play. Um, it was, I did not sing because that would not be good. Um, but it was in a play. Um, and that, I think, was the first time I really had a taste of it. Oh, but but in saying that, when we were children, my mum always used to take us to a pantomime or to a show. Um, so I think my thirst or my like came came from that, from when I was a child. Um, yes, I do. I love them. Okay, so you were in a play. Have you ever been in a musical? Like even as like a background part, like you don't have to be like the main singer. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, we'll have to we'll have to scheme a way to get you involved. In a play and or musical, yeah. So I was I, I'm trying to get a a list of your top five musicals of all time. Can we start with number five and work our way down to number one? So five would be Guys and Dolls. Okay. Four would be I can do three, two, one. Okay, but this four one that's the I know, wild card, I know, right? I know. Four, four, four. Who who would I say is Lion King is four, definitely. Okay, three is Wicked, two is Les Mis, and one is Phantom of the Opera. Okay, I, I don't have enough musical knowledge to uh, debate a whole lot with you. I know that I like Sweeney Todd, but I don't I don't know where that ranks. Oh, no, I, I, I've never seen um, Sweeney. I don't know. Did we have it here? We probably did. Oh, gosh. I, it's it's set in England, so. Oh, well, so it should. Yeah, that's... I hope so. All right, well. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch. I'll watch one of. Your, well, I saw Phantom of the Opera once in a, but I saw the movie like in a in a yeah, fancy no, no, theater. No, no. You have to go to the theater. I have to see the proper theater. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I will try to do that. You should see Sweeney Todd. And okay, we'll do. Yes, I'll do that. After this, we will. Uh, we'll do the five important questions. Five important questions. Five important, five questions. important questions. Five important questions. Now it's the five important questions. So the first first important question is, what would you say is your greatest success in life? <gasps> my children. Absolutely. So my great success is having my four children, which I brought up on my own. Um, and they are, yeah, they're, they're really good, good children. Um, well, I think they are. Everybody else would probably think they're not. But no, that that is definitely um, my greatest success. Yeah, I feel like that's always the correct answer for people with children. <laughs> yeah. If I said anything different, it would be not be good with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, what is your greatest fear? Heights. 
Okay. Bridges going over a bridge that's high. Do not like it. So it's a good thing you weren't going over a lot of bridges on a convoy. Yes. Um, you would think I would be frightened of an aeroplane because that's quite high, but that that that's fine. I think it's if I can. See, so when I fly, I'm never by the window. I'm if I can, I'm in the middle, so I can't see anything out there. Uh, yeah. But when I'm on a bridge and I'm going up and over, I can see down there. And don't like it. Yeah, I was gonna say airplanes do kind of feel like their own contained unit. It doesn't yes. really feel like you're anywhere. Okay, if you could tell first day in the higher software industry, Joan, one piece of advice that would make it even easier to transition, what would you say? I don't know. Maybe be be prepared. Um, <laughs> so many people aren't. Um, yeah, I don't really. That's really difficult. Um, maybe, yeah, be prepared. There are so many surprises that are going to come your way. Just yeah. be ready for them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. What's your most embarrassing moment as a pointer? Oh, so I went to visit a customer. You're the first person to just be like, oh, I have one for this. Yeah, oh, I do. So <laughs> I went to visit a customer and I'm ringing on the doorbell and nobody's answering me. And I thought, oh, no. So basically they'd moved. They didn't tell us. We didn't update the sales force. So I'm ringing on some random door. Um, yeah, I did feel a bit of a, a silly person um, doing that. But yeah, did, I did, did anyone I answer the door, or was it just uh, empty? No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> okay, good. At least, at least your embarrassment was limited. Yes, um, but when I did phone the customer and I said I'm here, and it, it was the way. Well, what are you doing there? Well, because that's what the <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, we forgot to tell you. Mm, okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, sorry, there's uh, there's an old tradition, at least within the U.S., where you know we do have capital punishment and you do get a last meal. So, unfortunately, uh, showing up at the wrong address is now uh, a capital offense, and 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 I'm sorry, we we have to put you to death. So, what is your last meal, and and why? So it would be anything to do with seafood, uh, fish pie, just seafood, seafood risotto, fish pie, anything, because. Um, that is seafood is my favorite anything to do with seafood I always say it's because um I lived in London for such a long time and if you can eat whelks and cockles and you can eat absolutely everything and I really like them so, so yeah it would be anything to do with seafood okay now is it just anything to do with seafood because you like seafood or anything to do with seafood because your goal is to make them feed you everything in the entire sea to delay your punishment <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's really good. I didn't think of that. I'm going with that one. Just everything in the sea. Okay. Would you like any uh, beverages with your everything in the sea? Plenty of those. Uh, <laughs> beverages is, yes, any beverage, <laughs> unfortunately. I like right. to. All right. Joan, you're, you're kind of becoming my role model. Um, <laughs> if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Um, it would be stop worrying what other people think of me. Okay. Um, I have a massive issue. <laughs> I'm getting better. I am getting better. I was going to say, a lot, a lot of people have that issue. And I feel yeah. like as as one uh, gets a bit more experience with life, you kind of learn to be like, mm, I don't need to worry about this. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. See, so because I have a lot of experience and very mature, it's becoming a lot easier. But that was a big problem when I was younger. Okay. If you could change one thing about point of rental, what would it be? Communication. 
communication communication <laughs> we do try really really hard um but yeah understandable yeah we we're not all uh quite as as chatty and hop on the no. phone, <laughs> as hop on the phone as you yeah no okay what is your spirit spice now i don't know what spirit spice <laughs> means <laughs> that, that's fair because it is something that we just made up on the podcast. Um, basically, are you familiar with the concept of spirit animal? No. Okay, so there in, in over here, I guess, with some group of people, we have spirit animals, which are basically like this animal captures kind of my spirit and like my style. So, is there a spice that like is like you know, if I were a spice, this is the spice I would be? Oh God. <laughs> all spice. <laughs> okay, and why <laughs> all spice? Because I like that ah, because I like so many different things. Okay. So they would not be contained into one. There would be lots. I like it. Okay, tell me a secret about point of rental. Absolutely not. All right. Is there anything else that the the people need to know about you um, that I didn't ask about? Because you know I'm just basing it off of like a handful of little tidbits that I, I sort of have heard about you? Um, no, I don't think so. I think you did very well. I think you're trying to keep them secret. <laughs> I... I, I don't keep secrets. Well, I, yeah, I do. <laughs> Sometimes I do. <laughs> Only if I have to. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Joan, for joining me today. And thank everyone for listening. Uh, again, if you'd like to help out Plant and Hire Aid Alliance, that you can visit their website at aid-alliance.com. You'll have you'll be able to see all the cool stuff that they've done over the past year, as well as some of the future things coming up. Again, they just finished their Rapathon uh, at the end of the month, and they have a shipment of gifts going out to kids from Ukraine on 12th December. And there's also another, I believe there's another convoy going out early next year. So if you have stuff that you want to donate for that, uh, again, aid-alliance.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next month. All right, see, that wasn't hard. No, that well, that was much better than what I thought. <laughs>